Welcome to Creative Biolabs Science Channel. Creative Biolabs is a specialized contract research organization supporting mRNA studies with all-round solutions covering mRNA synthesis, modification, and mRNA therapeutics development. With an unwavering pursuit of innovation and lifelong learning, we keep on producing podcast series related to mRNA technology based on our knowledge and practical experience gained through years of exploration in this area. Subscribe to our channel and keep updated with our podcasts. Hello, my dear friends. Thank you for joining us this evening. Today we invited our old friend, David, to talk about opportunities and challenges in cancer immunotherapy. Thank you for being here, David. Thanks for having me. When it comes to cancer treatment, people's first reaction is to cut out the cancer by surgical method. But in fact, there are other ways to treat cancer, like radiotherapy, chemotherapy, cellular immunity, and targeted therapy. They can all be applied to cancer treatment. In the past decade, immunotherapy has become a promising treatment method. Immunotherapy even has the potential to eliminate tumor metastasis. However, its therapeutic potential can be usually limited by some conditions. To begin today's discussion, what would you like to tell us first? Like you said, immunotherapy has become a promising alternative cancer treatment in recent years. Let me begin by introducing what tumor immunotherapy is. It is a treatment method that restores the body's normal anti-tumor immune response by restarting and maintaining the tumor immune cycle so that tumors can be controlled and eliminated. The therapeutic use of the immune system to specifically attack tumors has been a long-standing vision among tumor immunologists. However, tumor regressions after anti-cancer vaccination in clinical trials have been rare. You mentioned the tumor immune cycle. What is this? The tumor immune cycle is divided into the following seven steps, from tumor antigen release, tumor antigen presentation, initiation and activation of effector T-cells, T-cell migration to tumor tissue, tumor tissue T-cell infiltration, T-cells recognize tumor cells, and to the last step, eliminate tumor cells. If any of the steps in the tumor immune cycle is abnormal, we may find the failure of the anti-tumor immune cycle and immune escape. Also, different tumors are still able to inhibit the effective recognition and killing of tumor cells by disrupting these steps and you know, generating immune tolerance and even promoting the occurrence and development of tumors. It sounds to me that tumor development can be so easy, all these steps, and we have to make sure nothing goes wrong in any steps. And immunotherapy still faces great challenges. What are their limitations? Let me use the vaccines as an example. As we all know, traditionally, vaccines will effectively work due to the induction of protective immunity to bacteria and virus, based on the recognition of foreign antigens expressed by these pathogens. But things are different when it comes to cancer cells, in terms of cancer cells, quite different from pathogens, they are from one's own tissue, so therapeutic vaccines must bypass immune regulatory mechanisms that have already led to tumor tolerance. So we need to identify potent tumor rejection antigens or new vaccination strategies to develop effective cancer vaccines. You meant under normal conditions, the immune system is able to react against foreign antigens while remaining unresponsive to self-antigens? That is correct. And it is called self-tolerance. 
which is actually acquired and maintained by combining central and peripheral tolerance. To put it simply, central tolerance refers to the self-tolerance formed by the development of T and B lymphocytes in the central immune organs, such as thymus and bone marrow, and the cell clones that can recognize autoantigens are eliminated or are in an energic state. Let me give you an example. During T cell development in the thymus, after positive selection and negative selection, immature T cells that recognize their own antigens undergo apoptosis. And then we also have peripheral tolerance, which refers to the tolerance formed by mature T and B lymphocytes, encountering self or foreign antigens in peripheral immune organs. Can you give us another more specific example? Sure. So in the case of T cells, central tolerance occurs during thymic development, and self-reactive T cells are eliminated during thymic negative selection. Less self-reactive cell-bearing T cell receptors, with low affinity to self-antigen, are positively selected on self-major histocompatibility complex molecules. But it is becoming increasingly clear that thymic selection is not a perfect process, and a significant number of self-reactive T cells are exported into the periphery. The immune repertoire, therefore, when activated properly, contains autoreactive immune cells that may reject tumors. You mean the immunotherapy curative potential is limited by peripheral tolerance mechanisms and the elimination of self-reactive T cells via thymic negative selection. And it seems that the peripheral autoreactive T cells also have the potential to play immune function. But I wonder how we can control the activation of peripheral autoreactive T cells? You are right. And to solve this question, there are a number of suppressive mechanisms in the periphery. These include the induction of energy, cytokines, and immunosuppressor cells, such as the innate cluster of differentiation 25 positive regulatory T cells. These cells develop in the thymus and express the transcription factor fork head box P3. So you think the transcription factor fork head box P3 also plays an important role in regulating T cell activity? That is pretty true. The transcription factor fork head box P3 is a member of the fork head transcription factor family. It is considered to be a landmark molecule of regulatory T cells. Besides, as a transcriptional regulator, it regulates the activity of regulatory T cells by directly regulating the expression of a variety of genes. Also, its gene mutations can cause serious autoimmune diseases, so it plays a key role in keeping the body's self-stability from disease. We know that tumors are the product of malignant transformation of normal cells in the body, which is characterized by continuous proliferation and metastasis in the body. Do tumor cells literally have any new antigen markers that cannot be seen in normal cells of the same kind? That's a good question. Tumor antigens that have been discovered successively include tumor-specific antigens and tumor-associated antigens. The former is unique to tumor cells, and the latter mostly refers to embryonic antigens, which are shared by embryonic tissues and tumor tissues. To be more specific, tumor-specific antigen refers to a new antigen that only exists on the surface of a certain tumor cell but not on normal cells. While tumor-associated antigens refer to glycoproteins or glycolipid components on the surface of some tumor cells. They are slightly expressed on normal cells, but their expression is significantly increased in tumor cells. I see. 
So after today's discussion, I think there are still a lot of opportunities in tumor immunotherapy. Above all, in the process of tumor growth, trying to relieve immune tolerance and stimulate immune response will be beneficial to the control of tumors. That would be it for today. Thanks David for sharing your expertise with us. Thanks everyone for listening. We will be back next week.